they're studying yeshiva and they misunderstand they misunderstand what they're meant to be doing. And the real goal, which is closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is substituted with a false goal, which is excellence in learning. It's a very subtle point, because those two have a very strong overlap. But nevertheless, the shift internally from I'm here to get close to the Rebbein Olam and I'm here to develop learning skills is a crucial difference because it will frame differently the other parts and components of a person's time in Yeshiva. If the purpose is to gain excellence in learning, so then what happens is tefillah, if it doesn't operate optimally, it's, it's, not, it's not a big deal because as long as my seder is good, that's what we discussed last time. That if, if you take out the emphasis of tefillah within the yeshiva day, so then, essentially... Oh gosh, I don't know what I did here. Sorry. Done, 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 gosh. Recording. Okay. Um, so when you take out, <coughs> when you take out, when you take out the emphasis on Tfilim and Yeshiva Day, essentially what you're saying to yourself is, I'm not here to get close to Kodesh Baruch I'm here to um, achieve academic success in the area which the world that I've now become a part of prescribed as being the ultimate degree to get. The ultimate degree in the, in the, in the world of Torah is a degree in Torah, and that's the degree that I want to get because I want to be a part of that world. So to get my qualifications, I have to achieve that level of excellence. Hence, I'm in Yeshiva to get there. And if I don't get there, so then there's terrible consequences. For example, I will not be considered a fully-fledged member of the society that I'm trying to become a part of. And that's socially very scary. So therefore, I have to learn and learn and learn and learn so I can become part of it. And I say, well, what about the British Olam? And... In other words, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not, that's not my, that's not my, that's not my, that's not my, what I'm breathing, eating, sleeping, drinking. It's, I'm breathing, drinking, scarily enough, again, people have got different motivations, but the scary consequence of what I'm saying is, that it could be that when we think we're breathing, drinking, sleeping, tired are we not? We're breathing, drinking, sleeping, social climbing. This is the kind of the stakes in the social climbing game have changed. So when you're out there in the, in the corporate world, the social climbing is achieved through status and buying the latest model of Pashtus Lexus. Pashtus, one of those like fantastically gigantic cars, which is way too big for the type of person that's ever going to drive it. Okay. Well, it's so cruel. I think it's, the way Brian Shalom has found a, a kind of a medical admitted to, to people with large families, is he's created a culture of people who've got tiny families buying gigantic cars. Just so you can sit there with your bus ticket and watch them driving past. <laughs> and he just says to you, that's not what life's about. No life's about. It would be. It would be like if, like if the mo, if the like the fashion would be to like drive in like in like you know these two seater sports cars. So then you say oh, it's not a havamina. But when you see these people like going in these like beautifully gigantic, you could put your gansamishpach in the back, and you see you know he's there, he's 
No one. Empty. The TV in the back's playing to no one. It's Mamash Echaval. So, so it becomes that Gemara becomes a sophisticated way of social climbing, which is tragic, it's tragic, it's tragic. Uh, if it's perhaps something that can be used as an incentive and motivation, okay, we can argue that. But the point is, a person has to realize what his ultimate goal is. And the ultimate goal is we have to develop the closest possible relationship to Akkadosh and we have to align ourselves to the deepest and most fundamental degree with what's called the Ratzon Hashem, the Divine Will. That's our goal. Could be the, one of the best ways of doing that is through Talmud Torah. Talmud Torah can make a clue, and we have to explain why. But don't think that being in Yeshiva is academic. There's absolutely nothing academic about it in regard to its basis. Granted, sometimes the form it takes is an academic exercise. But the meaning behind it has got nothing to do with academia. Zero. And hence, what we said last time, tefillah is the barometer you can sometimes use to gauge what your Torah learning is all about. If your Torah learning is about the yachats that, that you have to the Abisha, your relationship, your closeness, your dracus, so then, tefillah will be a big sugi in your life. Because you'll understand of how can I connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this way. How I'm trying to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a variety of different ways. How can I do it in this way? How can I fulfill the, cre- the will of the Creator through this means? And Tvila will be a big sugya and you'll think, wow, I've been in Yeshiva for how long? A few months. And, you know, when I first came into Yeshiva, I opened my Gemara and there, every single word where they used to translate Omar Amar. Do you remember the, remember the days when they used to translate Omar Amar? Omar Amar, everyone knows. It's a crucial critical family Kibra. He's introducing a previously stated statement in order to expand upon it. Remember when that wasn't part of my vocabulary? Remember, remember, remember? It's a, sometimes, sometimes it's, it's, it's an important thing to do to give yourself chizuk from time to time. Find the first Gemara ever learned. And you'll push it, you won't be able to find it. You'll find the page, but there'll be too much pencil to be able to see the words beneath it. And that gives a person a big chizuk because you see how far you've gone. Now, what I want you to do is go find your first Shemone And then a Shemone from a month later. Then a Shemone from a month later. Or a Shachris, or a Mincha, or an Oleinu. Oleinu, Oleinu, Oleinu. He's one of the most famous fillers on Yom, on Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah. Alene, Alene is a highlight. It's the star of the show. So how, how's your Alene improved in the last few months of Yeshua? So you think, Alene, one second. Ah, I know Alene. Alene is the final hurdle before lunch. <laughs> Alene is the final hurdle before lunch. The only problem is Shachrit is not the final hurdle. The final hurdle is Shesha Yom. And then you think you've mamash home and dry and then they start discovering Hashem. <laughs> think, where did that come from? And it's like, that's not even like, it's like you know, that's a high hurdle. Alain, you saw Hasaka calls these two paragraphs, and you got all these things, and, and then you have to say these words like, kshoit, 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 what's that? No, Peter Makatoy is a toy about Tzipra, chelbana, 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 I mean, that's not a normal word. So you've got this tongue twisting, this tongue twisting hurdle at the end of the race. It's not fair. So how's your Alain changed? How's your Alain changed? What are the major errors you've had in the recent week in Baruch She'omar? Ashrei, that Ashrei, we all learned the Gemara. We all learned the Gemara. Ashrei, a person says Ashrei three times a day. So, the Ashrei's? Yeah. Any, any shaykhs between that and Oilam Haba for you? What's well, Pshat? So, in other words, if those are sukkahs for us, 
and we start to feel that not has moved forward, the words are starting to flow, that when I walk into Tefillah, my cognizance of the presence of my Creator is becoming greater and greater. When I step back, I feel like I'm going away from Him. When I step forward, I'm going towards Him. My benching is a different... So when we see all those things occurring, so then it's a raya that our Torah is also about our growth in closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and making ourselves one with Him. If, on the other hand, those things are the byroad that we do in between our learning, so then that's a arrow pointing in the direction of an unhealthy process. Now, the other arrow, which is a very good barometer, is the arrow which points in the direction of interpersonal relationships. And this is crucial. And this is even a hard arrow. Because in the era of Tefillah, Sachakol, it's a connection of me to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So if a person is into Frumkite, so he says, yes, I want the Ebishta, I want the Ebishta, I want the Ebishta, and you can want him in Torah and you can want him in Tefillah. But then when it comes to saying hello to someone else in the middle of learning, so he says, listen, Ebishta, this is as far as I go. I know you said, I'll show you the world my mate. The world stands three things. Yeah. For girls. <laughs> then you've got Torah, Avoida, Gimurus, Chasonim. Boys, Torah, Yesh, Oemrim, Avoida, Vadivra, Koyal, Gimurus, Chasonim, it doesn't exist. It's Porsche, not in the Parsha, it's not in the Parsha. There's this thing, it's Lizay, Shiva, Porsche, Gimurus, Chasonim, Stamp, it'll tire. So then what do you see? So then what you do is you create a world which a person's, your world is standing on one leg and without Tai Chi balance. Boom! The whole thing collapses. The whole thing collapses. Without the, without the, without the Torah Avodah and Gimulus Chasadim, without the Gimulus Chasadim component, which means that when you're in the environment, you're, as much as you're looking to bond with the Creator, you're looking to bond with the people around you. That they are also, we've said this before, but I think it's important to review. It's not a side point. Mrs. Ben Adam the Chaver are not a side point. I'll bring you the biggest raya. The biggest raya is last week we experienced the giving of the Aseris and Debra's Ten Commandments. Now I've asked you before, but I think it's time to mention again what about the surfboard design of the Ten Commandments? We've always got this picture of Moshe Abaynu carrying this, these hugely heavy tablets, and there's two of them. So everyone figures, well, there's two of them because based on these pictures, like these Michelangelo and the like, the sculptures and the pictures throughout the Christian art world, because the Jews never drew pictures of Moshe Rabbeinu, so we're referring to these incredibly like, long-haired masculine men who are carrying big, big... So you figure out, well, it's a vada, it's poshut, because the, how could Moshe Rabbeinu fit? It would be one long tablet. It would, like, it would, it would like make the whole picture awkward. So they can't be like the surfboard shape. Again, that's according to, if you hold it, the tops are rounded. Big Machlaik is not all the tops are rounded. But for that, for finding the purposes, let's illustrate the surfboard tablet. All that serious debris on one side. What's wrong with that? Oh, what do you mean? This side, the first five are Ben Odom the Mokai. That side is Ben Odom the Chavero. Correct? Yeah. These are the mitzvahs between man and God, and these are the mitzvahs between man and man. What do you, what do you mean, mitzvahs between man and man? Let me ask you, 
When you put on your tzitzis, who's the mitzvah between? Man and man or man and God? Man. No, it's between man and tzitzis. Because God told you to put on the tzitzis. God told you to say, Shalom Aleichem! Shalom Aleichem! So just like I have tzitzis, and Hashem says, wear tzitzis, I have Saul. says, say hello to Saul. So there's no Ben Adam Lechaveiroi, there's Ben Adam Lechaveiroi. What changes is a Chefzel Mitzvah. What do you mean? That's between you and your tzitzis, though. Meaning, in the the framework of mitzvahs, there's the one that tells us to do it, and the thing you do it on. The mitzvah and the object. So, when the object is tzitzis, tzitzis, when it's trillion, it's trillion. And when it's it's plony, it's plony. So, therefore, it's not two separate categories. It's just that there's different chefs of mitzvahs. One is a living, breathing speaking human being, and the other one is an inanimate object. So there's no such thing as Ben Adam the Chavayim, Ben Adam the Mokran. It doesn't exist. So now you see from the fact that there is a distinction that we completely misunderstand the notion of mitzvahs. As follows. In mitzvahs, there is a mitzvah, a commander, and there's a yachas, a relationship. In mitzvahs, there's a mitzvah and there's a relationship. When HaKadosh Baruch asks you to put on tzitzis, the relationship that occurs, the dynamic, is between me and the Ebishter. When HaKadosh Baruch asks me to say hello to Saul, he commands me to have a relationship with Saul. So the mitzvah exists between Adam L'Chaveiroi. The Bain Adam L'Chaveiroi describes the playing field on which the mitzvah takes place. The Ben Adam Lemokim is a playing field between which the mitzvah takes place. One, the dynamic is me relating to my creator. The other one is the dynamic is me relating to my friends. And the Torah is replete with mitzvahs Ben Adam Lechaveroi. And the Fafum Tabala Tshuva doesn't have any of them. He's only got the Abishta. And he looks around the base of and occasionally he finds an Esrei. Shalom Aleichem! There's no chaveroi. There's no chaveroi. There's me and the Ebishta. So in other words, there's a very, there's almost like the next stage, once we've, once we've reached the levels of maturity that we realize that Torah is not an academic pursuit. And then we realize that fully is it. Then we fall into a trap. Because then we think, it's only about Kodesh Baruch Hu, and we can just cross off any other person that starts to come across our radar screen. Yeah. And we use our from instinctive desires to say, oh, you're not from enough, from there's no chaveira. There's no chaveira. So you've taken the train, you've chopped off half of it. You've chopped off half of it. And that means that you're not living in the world of Torah, the world of Ratz and Hashem. You're living in your own fantasy world. Mm-hmm. In your fantasy world, so there's a Baruch Hu and there's me. In a Baruch Hu's world, you're not there. Because in his world, there's him, you, and all these people. And in your world, there's you and him. So he says, buddy, we're not in the same world. Does that mean up to now it hasn't been Nishma if you've been doing that? For sure. That ant filler? For sure. Sorry, it's a break. There are times that you should just be sitting and learning though and not Absolutely. So like if someone comes over and starts talking to you, you should ignore them and keep learning, no? So what we <laughs> One second, there was a fantastic, fantastic jump there. I mean, you must be great at getting over those hurdles in Daphne. Um, you said this is what this was. A, this a, there are times when you should tell a person 
that you're learning now and you can't engage in conversation? Point one. Conclusion. Therefore, if someone comes over to you, you should say, I'm learning, I'll go away. <laughs> then, once you've come out of the black and white world, Tamir, or in your case, black and black, so, so then you realize that since there are Mr. Ben Odom and Mark and Ben Odom Haveri, for example, Avram Avinu, in the midst of a prophecy, in the midst of prophecy, HaKosh Baruch is speaking to him, he says, I'm very sorry, Abishta. I know I'm in the middle of a divine communication and I'm soaking up the divine presence and you're talking to me, but there are some Arabs that I have to say Shalom Aleichem to. Do you mind waiting? So if you realize what you're doing, you know, the Aram Avinu had the broadness to understand that for some reason the Ratzon Hashem is to connect to his Brios in a certain way, even though you are in the midst of connecting to him. So then you have to think to yourself, okay, is it so posh that when I'm learning that I can't spend time speaking to my chavrus who's going through a hard time? Is it so posh that I can? No, but it's so posh that I can't. So it requires a shikul hadas. It requires weighing up. And even when you weigh it up, it has to be that you know that you could speak to him, that you arrange another time to speak to him. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. That's where you see the frumkat come in. The frumkat is, I'm so frum. I don't speak to people during Seder unless I want to. Ah. And there's a, a topic which interests me. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's a whole notion of Ben Adam Chaveri. Now, the Ben Adam Chaveri, we're going to see this, it goes even deeper. The reason why I think it's crucial in Shiva is because there's another fact as well. That if a person walks into a place and people are learning Torah, and a few attempts to learn people are davening, and no one says, Shalom Aleichem, how are you? He walks out and saying, if that's Torah, I want no part of it. And he's right, because it's not Torah. In other words, there's a collective responsibility apart from the personal responsibility. That we are an organism, a base medrash, which we're trying to produce Torah. But when we say we're trying to produce Torah, we mean it in the holistic sense. That means we're trying to gain a proximity to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which we do by aligning ourselves to do what He wants us to do, and thereby we become the same as Him, and thereby we become close to Him. This proximity in the spiritual world is measured by similarity, not by physical distance. So the more godlike we become, the closer we become. And the Abishter says, I'm a Balchezed, I want you to mirror my midas. And my midas are chesed. And therefore, if a person walks into the base medrash, and everyone's busy learning and studying, and no one says to him, Shalom Aleichem, thank you. It's great for you to come here. Are you new in the center? How long are you going to be here? So people don't do it because it's a suffolk. Maybe it's not going to be in the center. So it's Pitl Torah, it's a suffolk. This is Vaday Torah. He's on Yusufic Center. And hooray, this vault only applies to people that are Vada going to be in the center. So therefore, al Yusufic, I'm not going to go and say hello to him. So a person walks in, and Taki wasn't going to come to the center. But then he came into the room and he said, gosh, I'm not going to stay in a place like this. I was here for like five days and I didn't get one hello. So that's very, very worrying. It's scary in a certain way. It means that there's something very fundamental lacking in our entire approach to what Torah is. It's almost as if we've become 
religiously infused with Torah, and Frumkeit and Torah are two very different things. Frumkeit is the base and the malistic desire to become spiritually fulfilled. And it has no place for anyone else, as all desires have no place for anyone else. Torah is this entire, broad, holistic approach to relationships between me and my Creator, to me understanding His world through His Torah, for Him coming into my world through my Tefillah, and for us as a nation bonding together as a Jewish people. Those are all components. And the minute you take out one of those components, so essentially you're making a declaration that the Torah that Akash Baruch has given you isn't really... I'll, I'll do my own version. Okay, so let's go a bit further. Now, we're talking about how fundamental is this specifically for us, the Baalei Tshuva of the world. And even though it's perhaps wrong to call ourselves Baalei Tshuva because we weren't from enough to go off the derech and come back, save a few lucky individuals, but I still think in relation to this particular vort, with the uh, Ba'at to read to you from the Vilna Gaon, the notion of Baal Tshuva is applicable. Listen to what the Vilna Gaon says. The Gaon says, You all know this, it's famous. For Tshuva, two things are required. What are they? Tikkun al he'avar, you have to fix up the past, ve and you have to fix up the future. Meaning, you have to go back and somehow address the various you did, past, you make sure you don't do them again, future. Correct? So what's the tikkun ala'avar? It's, it's, charata, shiva, go back, charata, see, you testify, you admit, vidui, charata, I did this avera. Correct? That doesn't help for Ben Adam Sorry? You go over to the chaver and you say to him, I'm sorry, apologize. So that's the avar. The asid is, you say, I'll never do it again. Correct? Poshit. <laughs> the God doesn't say that. For Chuba you require two things. Tikkun al-Avar, fixing up the past, al-Habar, the future. Al-Avar, what should you do about the past? The past you fix up by learning Torah and doing Chesed. Person A, Trafe, what you should do now is learn Torah and do Chesed. One second. I, Trafe, so therefore I should learn Torah and do Chesed. How does that fix up that? In other words, if I want to be metaka in the Avar, if I want a person, was Michal Shabbos. So what's a tikkun? Get into Baba Kama and say hello to people when they walk in the West Major. And then you earn Michal Shabbos. Makes no sense, right? So there's a... The, the, and then we'll go what Lahabah means. Look what he says on Lahabah. Al-Lahabah Eitzah. Lahabah is Eitzah. Yiras Hashem Aponav. You should have work on your God consciousness. You should wo- walk around with HaKadosh Baruch in your world. 
The world is filled with, filled with His glory. And He's standing next to you. And He sees what you're doing. And if they're inappropriate, He sees it. And therefore, if you're living with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you act in appropriate measures to the person, the being that's accompanying you. But it's fascinating. The God in, this, in the Pshat, he doesn't mention Kharat, he doesn't mention Vidu, and he's talking about Tshuva. Where's he Tshuva? He's talking about Chesed and Torah and Yerushalayim or God Consciousness or living with Abish, the Drapers, whatever you want to call it. But what happened to the Tikkun and the So I'd like to say a Pshat. And now you'll see how fundamental this is for, for me and for you and for all of us. We have to grow in this. We really have to grow in this. Because if we don't grow in this, there's really no real fundamental movement that we've made away from what we were. Let's work out what a chait is, which is what you do tshuva on. And let's work out how must be the Torah and Chesed address a chait. This is going to be slightly, I apologize. Anyone's feel, feel, please feel, try to get some oxygen. But don't, don't feel bad to fall asleep because, because the truth is we're getting towards that time. So I give anyone full reshus. If you'd like to put your head down, if you're feeling slightly dozy, I will be continuing in a steady monotone. So those of you who would like to go to sleep, I'll try not to do too much tone inflection. I'll soothe the, the tone of voice and maybe we can all just gently drift off into slumber. The God says, Oh, the God says, the following. Hate! The word is not accurately translated by applying to it the English label sin. Chait means missing the target. In Hebrew there's an expression that's called lahti etamatara. It means you shoot an arrow and the arrow misses the target. Chait means that you go off course. You're going off course. So it means that not chait is being on course. Chait is going off course. It's going off to the left. Should be going straight. Following me? That means when I'm a choite, when I'm a choite, it means that my being is of course. So if I want to do tshuva, I have to reorientate myself. I have to get my sight straight and I have to get back on course. A choite is a person who's of course. A person who does tshuva means he gets back on course. He goes from going crooked to going straight. In life, choyte means that you don't, you push yourself in the direction that you shouldn't be going. So now, there are two areas where that distortion of direction can occur. The one area where the distortion of direction occurs in is in the world of deed. You do things that are wrong. The other area where that distortion occurs is in the world of perception. 
you understand things in a distorted way. And usually those two things work in tandem. Because of a distorted understanding, my actions come out in a very strange way. So now what happens is as follows. Chesed, Chesed is called Lifnim Mishuras Hadin. It's beyond the letter of the law, but in Hebrew the word letter doesn't appear. It's the line of the law. Din is a straight line. Din is exactly what you should do. Din. A choyter starts to deviate from the line of din. Chesed is lifting Mishuras Hadin. Chesed means you go beyond what's required of you. No one said that you had to go out of your way to bring your friend who's not feeling well lunch in his bedroom. No one said. You don't have to do it. You do not have to do it. No one says you have to anticipate someone else's needs. No one says that you have to buy your chabusa present because you've been learning with you. No one says that. No one says that you have to make sure that your roommate has got the better pillow. No one said that to you. No one said that when you walk into your room you don't make a noise. No one said you... you, you, you. No one gave you those directives. You don't have to do the, any of that. Then you have to do it. There are certain things you do have to do. If there's a rotation of who cleans the apartment, so then you have to clean the apartment. If there's no rotation and you decide to do it, that's called chesed. Chesed means lifting Mishra Sadin. No one's asking you to do it. Din is you have to do it. Chesed is I don't have to do it. No one asked me to bring my chavrus a hot drink because he looked thirsty. No one asked me to do that. That's lifting Mishra Sadin. If Din is a line, a chet goes this way and chesed goes that. If you want to go back to where you should be internally and personally, the only way of getting there is with chesed. Because yourself has moved off in a direction where the primary drive is what I want. That's what hate is. There's nothing above me, there's nothing below me, there's nothing around me, I just go. So when you move towards Chesed, that point of view, which is going that direction, is now pulled in completely the opposite direction, and that's called Chesed. In doing so, you get back on the straight and narrow, and that's why the Tikkun Al-Avarich is Chesed. The other point is MS. MS means that the person in his perception of reality had a distortion. He thought that things looked this way, which didn't resonate with the Creator's description of reality. The Creator's description of reality occurs in the Torah. It tells you <coughs> what things really are. You thought they were something that they weren't. And therefore you acted in accordance. So what Torah does is, it completely reforms your understanding of what reality is. It gives you an accurate presentation of what, viewing the world around you. And therefore, if you strayed because you had a distortion of perception, Torah puts you back on the straight and narrow. If you strayed because your persona was just driven in different ways, so, so the middle of chesed puts you where the persona can't drive you anyway, because you don't become the focal point of your rea- reality. Someone else, all those other people become your focal points. And you, you, you're not the player, they're the players. So therefore, the entire pull of going that direction has now been totally redirected. Follow me? Finally, there's another component. And that those two will fix up the mensch backwards. Meaning, the person that was going completely astray will be reorientated. He'll be redirected until now he's going in the right way. But in order to maintain that, he has to be living with our Kodesh vocal. It's not sufficient. It's not sufficient that he just keeps on going with Chesed and with Emes. He has to have a relationship and a notion that Kodesh Baruch Hu is with him. Because if he doesn't have that notion, so he'll just stray again. He needs to have something which keeps him in that mind frame. 
So with Chesed and Emes and Akkadosh Baruch walking along with him, that's how a person does Tshuva. The minute you take out one of those three components, the, the self doesn't change. The same distorted self just becomes distorted in religiosity. So I think that is one of the most fundamental things that we, as B'nai Torah, we and I mean, I definitely mean, myself more than any of you, is it's such a difficult thing to maintain, and that is initiating acts of chesed for the people around you. In other words, not when someone comes to you and they've presented the need, responding, not being reactive, being proactive being proactive, looking around the base measures and think to yourself, let me think, what does Adam Nader need right now? What does Daniel King read? Well, maybe Shane needs a new pen, maybe that was running out, I don't know. Looking at, looking at the world that way, it's a completely different universe. You're able to escape from this little cage called me. This little cage called me. Learning Torah helps you escape from the little mental cage. Doing chesed helps you escape from the little, from the little middle's cage. And then you can grow as a Jew. But if we think that we're going to grow as Jews by putting ourselves in cages and we just put a Badatz Heksha on the... As you open the door of the cage, it says, Badatz, Eidach Haredis. Baruch Hashem, my mechitza is mamash lemahadrin min mahadrin. And you think somehow you're going to be able to grow as a Ben Torah and somehow you're going to get closer to Akash Bochu and the people that walk into the base Medrash are met and leave ungreeted and when a person, a new roommate comes in instead of you saying, maybe you can take my bed you're saying, listen, you can't go in that bed because, and don't go in that bed and don't even dare go in that bed cupboard space, look, the truth is the cupboard's full what am I meant to do? the cupboard's full these are, these are my clothes and I've got so many there's no space for yours. I'm really sorry. But what do you want me to do? Take out my clothes? Huh. What do you mean? Where do you think I am? In Yeshiva? No, Yeshiva is the place I go to learn. When I come back to my room, so then that's not where Torah lives. Torah lives in the base Medrash. It's like, you know, Torah lives in the monastery. It's, a, it's, it's, it's You go there and you do it. And then you come out and you do what you want. The base measure, in other words, how much have you grown in Chesed? Same thing. How much have you grown in Tefillah? How much have you grown in Chesed since you've been in Shilla? How many more things are you doing for people? Measure it. How many new ways have you found to give add value to other people's lives? How many new ingenious, like you've come up with a good Svara? How many good Svaras in Chesed have you come up with? You saw a guy and you realized that this is the type of guy that you say hello to him in the morning, he's too groggy, it doesn't help. So you figured the right time to say hello is 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock, you can go up to him and pat him on the back. If you pat him on the back between 9 and 11, he feels like he's been assaulted by a 10 ton truck. <laughs> At 11, he's a compass mentor. He's having the back. Yeah! So you figure that out. Why? Because you're in his world, because you're not closed into your cage. And the reason why I'm saying this is because, obviously, there was a guy that came in and he said, I thought your shiver was for me, but then I came in and I was like, I, was, I, I liked the learning, I was just broken by the place. So it was very hard for me to walk into base measures and no one said hello to me and acknowledged that I existed. So that was very painful for me to hear that. It was very painful. So Baruch Hashem, he told me how many other people walk in and walk out and they don't get to tell you, so at least you're aware of it. So that's terrible. That's mamish, that's tragic. That's tragic. That's tragic. That means... I feel responsible, and I think we should also, 
Please, someone share the responsibility. We should all, no, we should all share that responsibility. That that's, 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 that's not right. That's not right. That's really, really, there's something very, 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 very sick about the whole thing. If a person walks, out, walks in and walks out, and he feels that it's a cold place and it's unfriendly, so that's tragic. Because what's it all worth? What are we doing here? We're just playing games about becoming clever in Gomorrah. It's very sad. It was very sad for me. It was very tough. So I think we have to, we have to kind of, it requires, it, again, it requires, it requires effort. I'm not, and I'm not saying it's easy. And I'm, not, and I'm not saying that it happens. But again, the easiest thing in the world is to not care about anyone else. And the next easiest thing is to care about the people that I'm close to and I care about and I relate to. And then it's harder to care about the people that I am familiar with but don't relate to. And it's even harder to care about people that I don't know and why should I? And it's even harder to care about people I don't know and by the look of them I don't like them. And in Chesed it goes in the opposite direction. In Chesed the Pashtas to a certain degree the Gemara says in terms of the Hilchas Prika and Tina when you have two people who need assistance with their load one is a person you hate and one is a person you love the person you hate takes preference so that doesn't mean like now everyone's getting suspicious if someone starts to be friendly towards them <laughs> you really hate me eh? you must really hate me I'm your okay. so again but I think it's something to, it's something to think very seriously about because there's, there's, there has to be a certain just like there's a voice there's a cold tone in the base midrash and just like there's a thriller which goes slightly slower with the seriousness, there has to be that incredible warmth. And when the person walks into the base measures, they have to feel as if the time base measures is embracing them and welcoming them and saying, Shalom Aleichem. And Alavai, a person who's walking in, all he wants to do is find out, he says, sorry, is this a Mechina program? And already 15 people have said, Shalom Aleichem, then I'll say, yeah. But to understand that that's what it should be. Have I have a question. So, I think like when you're Osik in, in Torah, especially like the Ian, more, I feel like it's, it's not so much that you don't that you don't want to say hi to somebody. It's just that you're so always like in the Torah itself that like you don't even you're you're such in that world, you know. Hundred percent. If you are in Torah that you wouldn't stop for something you wanted to stop, you don't have to stop for that at all. Check yourself. Say it again. If you're in the sugya, yeah. that if you sign your chaf that you want to do, have a cup of coffee or a thought comes to your mind that you want to share with your chavosa and you push away that thought, and you never discuss those type of thoughts, and you never interrupt your Seder, and you hear consistently, and you're never distracted, and you hear from nine, and you stop, and, and there's no distractions, there's no... So then you can say, listen, I don't... Then, then the Abishtah will make sure that that person gets a, that gets a guru from someone else. Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. If you're the type of person that's willing to make interruptions for everything else, but go for this! Nah! Then I'm not starting my learning for? That doesn't work. Okay, Rabbi Sai, things to ponder. Das ist der beste Sache,